Today we're actually looking at the recipients of the angel's message, the announcement that they gave. And you've heard this passage read already, but I wanna do it again from Luke chapter two, verse 15, because we're looking at how the shepherds responded to what they heard. Because I think there are three things that we see from this passage of scripture that will help us as we think about Christmas. So why don't we read this again together? When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things which they had seen and heard, which they were just as they had been told. What an unusual announcement to unlikely people. I think it's unusual and yet it's important for us to see this morning that God was giving us first a practical object lesson. Maybe you've had somebody explain something to you that you thought you understood but then you didn't. You know, it kind of flew over your head. And that could have happened this evening. And I always think about this in terms of, if you've been here for one of our parenting conferences and you've heard David and Sissy from uh, Daystar talk about these things, they talk about parenting teenagers. And they try to help us as parents to understand you can't give multi-step directions to teenagers. It doesn't work. You don't say, go clean your room and when you're finished, bring your laundry and put it in here doesn't work. You say, go clean your room and then come see me. Even that might be too much for some of them. You know, I mean, it's two steps. It flies right over the head. I mean, it should be very clear, right? The angel's announcement should have been clear. If you think about it, the words that we heard from the angels were very important. We looked at this last week, but they had two important things that they said that we don't want to miss. First, they said there was good news of great joy. That's very important. Good news that was great joy was very important, but they also said it was for all people. Now, we might think about that and go, well, yeah, I got that. That's really easy to understand. Good news, great joy for everybody, got it, check. But it might be hard for us to understand that unless we see that the shepherds were people that tested this to the very core of, of, its, of its being as a message because they were literally the lowest of the low. You know, if you think about it, the reason that David was the shepherd boy is because the older brothers were busy doing more important things. So it fell to the youngest. It was kind of like, hey, this is your growing up. You go out here and do this. Shepherds were outside all the time and they were with animals. So that meant that they were ceremonially unclean. So they couldn't participate in things in the synagogue or in the temple as easily as you and I do today. You know, whatever you did last night for your job or this morning that you had to do, you just go take a shower and you come in, you're good to go. It's, it's no big deal. But if you're ceremonially, ceremonially unclean, there's a time frame that takes place that you have to do certain things. It makes it hard. These were people that were not the best and the brightest. It was not the people that you would maybe want to deliver the message to and yet the angels gave it to them, all people. What does that mean? All people, even people that made bad choices, 
Is the, is the good news even for those people? Yes, because all of us sitting in the room fall in that category, don't we? All people. All people, even people that are not like me, especially people that are not like you. Shepherds, they were not like anyone else around. Even people that I don't like, especially people that you don't like. Isn't it interesting when people that we don't like get saved? That puts us in a lot of conflict, doesn't it? Oh man, I didn't like you yesterday, but now I have to love you. Because we're brothers in Christ. You know, it's tough, isn't it? Even people that I don't like, even people not like me, even people who make bad choices, yes. And I want to remind us of something this morning because this is very important for the church. How the church answers these questions about all people is very, very important. Now, all people doesn't mean that all people come in and we're not changed. That, that, that's, that's not what that means. It's not whosoever will may come and stay exactly like they are. That's not how Jesus died for us. He died so that we'd be transformed by this. That's what the good news does. But all people have an opportunity to be transformed by it, everybody. That's the good news that Jesus gives us. And so all people, as we think about that in church, sometimes how a church answers that says a lot about them. All people that look like us, good. All people that do the same things that we do, even better. All people that hang out where we hang out, all people that are in our socioeconomic status, great. But what about all people is included in that. All people means everybody. And this message was a practical object lesson for everyone to see. It didn't go to, to the exclusive upper crust of society. It didn't go to the best and brightest minds. It went to all people. Practical object lesson. And God gives us that display so that we wouldn't miss it. And church, we can't miss it. We can't miss the fact that the gospel is for all people in all times and all places. Our namesake as a church, Adoniram Judson, built his ministry in Burma by believing that everyone deserved to hear the gospel and he was going to do everything that he could so that they could hear the gospel. So he began to use uh, the thing that was most available at his disposal. He began translating the language and creating a Bible. Because if you don't have the word of God, it's hard to know that God loves you, right? I mean, so to hear the, the gospel in your language, your heart language, he started there, but he didn't stop there. He was pro, uh, a prolific track distributor. Now, when we say track, we're not talking about track and field. We're talking about T-R-A-C-T, tracks, gospel tracks. We have a rack of them out here, right outside this door on a little carousel. Why are they important? He believed that everyone, he, he, just, he distributed those, those tracts indiscriminately to anyone who would come by. He wanted everyone to hear the gospel. He wanted everyone to know that God loved them. All people. He gave his life for all people. And we have the same responsibility. It's a practical object lesson. But there's also a proper response. I want you to notice that in verse 15, the shepherds actually got it right. Because it said, when the angels left them, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem. They took off. Now, I want you to, to notice something about the shepherds that's very different about the sharpest and brightest minds that encountered this same story a little bit later. We know from Matthew's gospel that when Herod heard about the wise men coming, what did he do? He assembled the best and the brightest Jewish minds and he said, where's the baby to be born? And they said, Bethlehem. 
And they said, well, that's good. And nobody did anything. Nobody moved. Nobody left. So these were not Jewish elites because they would have had to consult the scribes and the Pharisees first like Herod. And we know how that ended. They didn't do anything. They weren't Catholics because they would have had to ask the Pope what to do first. They weren't Southern Baptists because they would have created a meaningless committee before they did anything. (laughs) Who can we put on this committee and study this for a little while? You understand what they did. It's not all that revolutionary, except it is, right? Because we spend too much time worrying about things that we don't understand and sitting around and and worrying about how we're gonna get these things. And I just love this quote. It comes up every couple of years and I just remind you of it as a good son of the South here in Southern literature, Mark Twain. I'm quoting, it ain't those parts of the Bible I can't understand that bother me. It's the parts I do understand. Sometimes we worry about the things we don't understand and we miss the things that we do understand that we should be worried about and just following the Lord in obedience. They got a very specific message. Baby born, go and see. And they did. There are certainly times we need to study an issue and there are times that we just need to act. And the response in how we do that Very much like the first response that I I just mentioned, how a church responds in these things is very important. Over the last few years, this church has had to respond as laws have changed in Tennessee regarding the issue of right to life. We've had to act. And you guys have have responded with things like embrace grace, embrace life, The care portal, which connects people with needs. It's an opt-in email. If you want to be part of the care portal, stop by the Next Steps desk and we'll help you with that. It it connects needs in foster care and and lets you know about those things so that you can respond to them. Maybe a foster family needs a bed. You can provide that. They need some bus tickets to get where they need to go or, or they need to throw a birthday party for a kid. You can respond to those things. It's important. How we've done foster care nights and interest nights here. How we've gone further into partnering with the Tennessee Baptist Children's Home and the rebuilding of their campus that they're trying to do to make it up to par with where things are today. That's a response. How a church responds in these things, very important, isn't it? What's going to be in store for us next year? I don't know. But we'll be faced with a decision. Do we sit around and ponder it for a while? Pondering's important. Do we form a committee? Or do we just get busy doing what the Lord has in front of us, understanding that he has called us to certain things, and we don't have to worry about it. When we're doing those things, we're in God's will. We always want to know that, don't we? As we're coming up, my mother were here this morning, she could, she could nod her head in agreement with how many times I called and asked her how I could know God's will for my life. My in-laws are here, thankful for you guys being with us today. And I remember so many days talking to my father-in-law about my next step in ministry. How do I know? How, how do you do this? How do you, how do you figure this out? But there are certain things that when we're doing it, we don't have to wonder if we're in God's will. When we're caring for a widow, when we're caring for an orphan, guess what you're in? God's will. That's a response. You don't have to sit around and think about those things. You act and you do, and you are blessed because you're in God's will. So maybe it's not all the things that we don't understand. I bet they had some questions. Have you guys ever seen an angel before? 
Are we sure it's an angel? Let's hang out and talk about these angels for a minute. I mean, there are a lot of questions they could have asked, but they didn't. They had a proper response. Verse 17 tells us that they didn't even stop there. They told everyone. Look at verse 17. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The angels had a message, but now the message had feet with it. I guess I will never understand why God in his infinite wisdom decided to leave the message of the gospel with us. I don't know. I gotta be honest with you. I think angels would be more effective. Don't you? You know, they seem to be pretty effective in the scriptures, but God doesn't do that. And, and maybe it's, it's because he understands something that we don't understand, certainly. Do you remember Jesus telling the story of the rich man and Lazarus? The rich man dies and he's separated from God in eternity. He's, he's in hell and Lazarus, who had nothing in his life, dies and he's with the Lord. Comforted, it says, in the bosom of Abraham, with Father Abraham. And this interesting encounter takes place where Lazarus asks Abraham, would you please send someone to tell my family about this, please. Do you remember this? If they won't believe the scriptures and the prophets, they will never believe someone who has risen from the dead. Maybe what it is, is that the best sermon wouldn't come from an angel. The best sermon would come from a life that has been transformed and that's on display day by day by day because when people knew who you were and now they know who you are, maybe that's the best sermon anyone could ever get. Maybe that's better than angelic voices. I don't know if they play harps. It seems like they do. All of the, I don't know. That's just what we think. Maybe that's better than the harp playing and the brilliant light. Maybe that's more important. But this message now had feet. And they went with the gospel because that's what we learned it was last week. Good news of great joy for all people. They went with that gospel and they began to share it. And I believe it stayed part of their story because verse 20 says that when they went back and got back, they just kept talking about all of these things. They were still excited about these things. And I believe that that staying part of their story is important for us to remember as well. Because those big God encounters in your life need to be added to the family history. And they need to be talked about. And they need to, to be reminisced on constantly as you do that with your family and your friends to give glory to God for the things that he has done in the past, the things that he's doing now and the things that you're expecting to do in the future. It's a beautiful thing to see those things because what starts to happen is you're building a book of history. How great is it to sit around the table and say, do y'all remember when God answered that prayer? You know, I remember when, when we didn't know what we were going to do and God showed up. I promise you that Every Christmas after that, the shepherds were in high demand. Hey, could you come over here and eat? We want to hear the story again. We, we, want to, we want to know what it was like. Tell it again. Hey, Dad, tell us again what that was like. Grandpa, tell us again what that was like. Tell us what it was like that night. And the angels weren't the big thing, were they? It was the fact that they'd met the Savior. Just like them, we have a proper response to give as well. Our lives are to testify to the good news. What is the good news? That Christ loves sinners and he died for them. 
That's it. Messiah would come because we had a sin problem. And that sin problem was so big, we couldn't do anything about it. And so God took it upon himself and sent Jesus to die in our place. Christ loved sinners and he died for them. That's the gospel in a nutshell. And aren't you grateful this morning that Christ loves you? He loves us with a depth that would take him to the cross. Practical object lesson, a proper response. I couldn't leave this one out. The pondering mother. Would you look at verse 19 with me again? It says, Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. I don't know if Mary was starting a baby book that night. We always think because they didn't have pictures, maybe they didn't have baby books, but I bet they had something like that. Maybe she showed that baby book as some scholars have, have thought about. Maybe she showed that to Luke when he began to write his gospel. Hey, check this out. I kept some, I kept some things from that night. This is a little bit of the straw from the manger. This is some of the clothes that we wrapped him in. These are some of the, the, the boxes of the gifts that the wise men brought. I mean, I have these things. These are the, the keepsakes, but, but it said that Mary was treasuring these things in her heart. And as we mentioned last week, this must have been the ultimate validation for Mary and Joseph. A, a second sign came to them. It was outside of them. There had been angels speaking to them, but now people had showed up and they began to, to minister to them with their testimony. And the word that's used there about her treasuring these things is that she was, she kept on keeping these things. It was a continual thing for her. She was sitting back and enjoying it. And you have to know after all she'd been through, this must have been, I don't know, maybe this is wrong. I just think about these things. Do you ever think about these things and you wonder if they're wrong? I don't think it's wrong. It's a holy imagination. We can use them. I imagine her kind of sitting smugly going, "Uh uh-huh, that's right. The angel was right. Joseph, remember when you didn't believe me? And it took an angel. Yeah. I tried to tell you. See? Everybody knows it now. I mean, there had to be some satisfaction there that God's plan was unfolding in her life. And she's seen that. And she's pondering these things. And I want to just encourage you today to do something that I think is so important. Of all the things that you'll have to do for the rest of the day and the evening to get ready for tomorrow. Could I get you to do something for me? Would you gather your family, your friends together and just ponder for a moment on the goodness of God? How good's God been to you this year? Challenges don't mean that God hasn't been good. In fact, in the challenges, we often see the goodness of God, don't we? We see him show up in in ways we couldn't imagine. And, And I just challenge you to stop with your family and friends and just think about how good the Lord has been because I have to believe that that was happening for this young woman that night. That everything she'd been through brought her to that moment and she began to think, how lucky am I? How blessed am I? Everything the angel said has come true. Everything that I wondered about, if Joseph was going to leave me, has come true. God has been good. God has been faithful and now these people see it and they're believing in who this boy is and it's outside of me. I I just can't help but believe that she stopped for a moment and just began to create a treasure trove of these things in her heart as she praised the Lord. You know, 
We're really good, aren't we, about asking God for a lot of things. Are you good at that? Have you ever been guilty of asking someone to pray for you and never giving them the follow-up to how God answered the prayer? Right? You, you, hey, this is dire. Pray for us. Pray for us. And you see them like two weeks later and they're like, hey, I've been praying for you. Like, oh yeah, God answered that the next day. It's good. Well, we're, we're a little bit like when Jesus healed the, the lepers. You remember that? And, and they... They run off and they're excited because they're healed and one came back. And Jesus says, weren't there 10? Where's everybody else? Wasn't everybody else excited about what I'd done? Wasn't everybody else excited about what I've been doing? There's a time for us to just stop and praise the Lord. Ponder his goodness. Thank God for his goodness. Be excited about what God's doing in your life. Be excited about what God's going to do in your life over the next year. And just give him glory. It's so important that we do that, church. Lest we be found like the nine who never came back. Oh God, do this for me, do this for me, do this for me. I need you to do this. I need, I need, I need, I need. And never stop to say, you did. And praise be the name of the Lord. You will and praise be the name of the Lord. You have, and praise be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, to treasure these things in our lives. When the call to action comes, not the time to ponder. But there's a place for that. To let the wonder of this day envelop our hearts and our lives and thank the Lord for his goodness. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads and I'm gonna close us in prayer and then we're gonna sing a song of response this morning that I think just fits perfectly. The song is called All Is Well and the only reason that we could sing that is because Christ has died for us and saved us from our sins. And maybe that's not true in your life yet. Maybe you're still on a journey and that's okay. We're so glad that you're here. We're all on a journey. Some of us know the destination already though. Do you? Have you ever given your life to Christ and been saved? The Bible says that God has loved you with an everlasting love and he sent Jesus Christ to die in your place, in my place. And that if we would receive the forgiveness of our sins through Christ and place our faith in him, we would be saved. Maybe you'd wanna do that right now because maybe things haven't been well. That's okay. Make it right, right now. Why don't you just ask Jesus to save you? You might say something like this, Lord Jesus, save me today. I need you. Forgive me of my sins. Change me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross. I believe you're the Lord of all who died and rose again. And I'll give you my life right now. Thank you for giving me yours. Maybe as a Christian this morning, you just start that pondering right now just by giving the Lord praise. Would you do it? Heavenly Father, how we thank you today that you have made a way for us 
And Lord, as we celebrate the sights, the sounds, the feelings, and the truth of this season, we celebrate Christ being Lord of all. And we thank you that it was for everybody, everybody in this room, Lord, everybody outside in this city, in our state, in our world, that you have made a way. And Father, I'm praying today that we would be faithful to proclaim the good news. And as we do, Lord, may we keep giving you praise and glory. And we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen.